Welcome back to another episode of Geek Skeezers and Googleization, where experts discuss and share best practices to manage the convergence of the wired, the tired, and technology. I'm your host, Ira Wolf. Uh, as we have in the past few episodes, we've talked about changing work and purpose and millennials, but uh, really excited today to have as my guest, uh, Dr. Liz Alexander. I find this uh, particular soulmate in uh, futurism and future of work and leadership, and we hit it off and uh, waited till after the holidays and decided to do today's podcast. Um, but just a little bit of background about uh, Liz. She is a PhD from as an educational psychology in University of Texas. Uh, but most importantly, she's wrote, written, or co-authored an amazing 20 books. And I can tell you from writing four books and co-authoring one, uh, that's I mean that's just a, an amazing feat. Uh, but beyond that, uh, she really's got uh, an incredible vision for the future of leadership and work and the shared vision that that I have. So I'm really excited about having Liz today. And uh, Liz, welcome. Well, thank you, Ira. Thank you. And I'm in absolute awe that you can get out, you know, geeks, geegers, geezers and Googleization without stumbling over that as I just did. <laughs> yeah, seven years of practice. <laughs> so, I love it. So, but I, hey, we're, we we uh, you know we try to keep these focused, and uh, not that I want to um, you know cut into talking about you or me, um, but I think everybody is uh, anybody that's listening to this is is ready to to figure out a question that you have right at the top of your bio that you sent me is mm. what's next? You you and I talk about work, but. Uh, organizations are changing, business models are changing, um, where we thought automation was decades away is now right upon us. So the question is, is what's next? Yeah, that's a really good question, especially for this topic of leadership, you know, this, this kind of future of leadership. And, and before we maybe get into that, it might be worth just defining it because, you know, even Warren Bennis, I believe, said that decades of academic analysis have, have given us more than 350 definitions of leadership, uh, but still no clear and unequivocal understanding as to what actually distinguishes leaders from non-leaders and, you know, the ones that are effective from, from non-effective ones. And, and I think that's pretty obvious from the way that we're always having to tack on an adjective to the term. You know, you see people talking about authentic leadership or exceptional leadership or visionary leadership. And uh, it was funny, I was on LinkedIn the other, the other month and somebody had asked, um, uh, you know, give me one, one word for leadership. And my goodness, he had over 20,000 people responding. And it was almost as if they dumped out a dictionary, Ira. You hear me? It was just like a whole load of different words. Um, and nobody, there was no universal agreement on what we mean by this term, uh, leader. So, so, you know, that, so that's what, challenging so in and of itself. So what's your one word? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not sure I, well, well, I'm not sure I would go with one word, but my definition, and this is something that really speaks to me as a futurist, and I'm sure will speak to you too, is the definition that Joel Barker has said, which is someone others choose to follow in order to reach a desired future that they would not get to by themselves. 
And so I think there's some really key points. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's all very well Peter Drucker saying, you know, simplifying it, leader is someone who has followers. But, you know, you could be following someone over a cliff. What I really like about Joel Barker's definition is it's talking about, you know, where is the only outcome? Where is the only place that we really want to be taken to? Um, and that's our desired future. Again, we're living in just unprecedented times. So while it's a little scary uh, at times and certainly anxiety levels are high, you, you also have to look at it that it's an opportunity that few, you know, no one has had prior to this. So we, when we talk about, you know, when I'm presented with leadership questions, a lot of it has to do with the millennials. Um, I, I think that's a narrow focus, but it's an important because there 80, at least in the U.S., there's 80 million of them. But beyond that is talking about the, you know, how work is going to change in organizations. I'm in the midst of um, uh, one of many articles, but you know, really talking about even looking at when we talk about leadership, it's how do you organize. I guess your followers or how do you organize a business and you know we're we're sort of trapped in that military hierarchical top-down organizational structure that organizational chart and up until maybe 20 years ago it worked pretty well and then we had a lot of collapsing of that that there were too many layers Uh, but now it seems that the direction to go or the direction that's working because of, of the acceleration of change and how fast communication needs to be is that you have to think about it, uh, the chart in, in nodes. You know, it's like a network. It's, uh, you know, how we're even communicating right now over the Internet that, uh, you, you know, it, that the information moves from one uh, one node to another and it looks for the fastest route, but it's not always the same. So. How are you, you know, what what do you think, I guess, what's your perspective or what, what's your vision for what an organization in the future looks like and, you know, how does that affect uh, work and uh, how things get done? Yeah, great question. You know, for me, Ira, the biggest issue is, is the fact that we have conflated leadership with a position or a role. You know, I think we've all experienced that, you know, just because somebody is called a senior executive or in command or heading a department, that doesn't actually make them a leader to my mind. I, I like what Joshua Cooper Romo has written in The Age of the Unthinkable. That's a really great book. And, and he says, the future demands a different resume. And my perspective on this is we need people who think differently. I mean, the problem, I think, with many of the leaders that we're seeing is that they're very much bound up into this outmoded, elitist notion of who should be a leader. Uh, you know, some, uh, some months ago, I wrote an article for a, a UK business magazine on the characteristics, the shared characteristics between CEOs and psychopaths. You know, the ruthlessness, the narcissism, the manipulation. And I think so much of it, particularly in the West and and very much so here in the U.S., leadership is bound up with this ability to win and to make huge profits. But what I think we need to to look at is um, not only 
looking at different outcomes. I mean, there's nothing wrong with making huge profits, but if that's the only thing that your leadership is directed at, then it's hardly surprising. We're seeing all these, um, <clears throat> you know, trust is in the gutter. Uh, Edelman has just, you know, brought out their, their trust barometer uh, for this year and showing, you know, I mean, trust is just, is just so low everywhere. And the same with employee engagement. So I think it needs to be more, much more inclusive, and it's very much about how we're all thinking, basically. And I think one of the biggest challenges, and I'd be interested in your perspective on this, and, and you know, some people have even challenged, in fact, I think Ramo did, um, or somebody did, challenge President Obama as sort of articulating things that, as, as problems when they're actually dilemmas. And that's what I mean about, you know, the future demands a different resume, it demands a different way in which we're looking at the world and we can no look at it, no longer look at it in the way of the, you know, somewhat simplistic, oh, here are some problems, you know, we've got the great man theory, he's going to come swooping in and solve everything because ultimately most things are certain and predictable. Well, no, we don't live in that world anymore. We live in a world of dilemmas. There are no clear-cut solutions or choices. You know, it's that classic example of there's 10 spaces on a lifeboat and you've got 11 passengers on a sinking ship. What do you do? You know, making, making the best choice. So I think it's thinkers. Um, that's my perspective. It's going to be the people who think different, to quote Steve Jobs, is, are the ones that are really going to be the leaders of the future. And it will have little or nothing to do with their position or role within an organization. Liz, you brought up so many great points there. One of the things, uh, I guess one of the questions I have is, what do you feel are some of the skills, I mean, other than thinking differently, um, mm -hmm. how does that, uh, you know, what, what are some skills that a leader today, you know, requires that might be different in the past? And, you know, certainly we have our competency list and visioning and planning and organizing and, managing other people and inspiring people. Um, but mm -hmm. I, we need to go beyond that because, as you mentioned, um, you know, we're living in what I, you know, and I, I know you're familiar with the term, but VUCA. You know, we're living in this volatile, mm -hmm. uncertain, complex, and ambiguous world. And, uh, you know, how do you, um, you know, what are the skills that, that someone needs uh, whether they are, have the title of leader, whether that they're that CEO or president or vice president or director, or whether they're just a contributor, um, because contributors can be mm. as well. So, well, I mean, what do you think are some of the the basic skills that people need to, to develop? Yeah, well, I mean, if we go back to Joel Barker's definition, you know, if, if what we're trying to do or what leadership is all about is helping us reach a desired future that we wouldn't get to. You know, one of the things that shocked me, and I think a lot of people uh, during the, the recent U.S. Uh, you know, political debate, is not one of the candidates ever clarified a desired future. I mean, maybe I missed it. Maybe they did. You know what I mean? It's, this is what we want America to be. This is where we want America to go in, in, in fairly specific terms or, or at least terms that could inspire all of us to, you know, to want to get to behind that. Yeah, it was and sort of. So, it was sort of by. Yeah, sorry, but it sort of was, and it's still the, the rhetoric's still there. We're going to fix the mistakes of the past, and the past, yeah. and therefore we have a clear path to the future. And I know, I know, that, but it's almost it's almost like you know let let 
there's, it's like the war on drugs. We're always warring on something, aren't we? You know what I mean? It's always yeah. about what we don't want or what we're trying to get rid of as opposed to articulating, you know, a really inspiring vision. That's what I was hoping for. And I'm sure that that's what a lot of them, most employees are looking for in, in business leadership. So, I mean, I think there's two parts to your question. One, if you're going to be a leader, what's the thing about the, you know, what's the vision piece? And have you actually articulated, you know, maybe not in specific ways, but in a general enough way so that people feel, oh, yes, I can see how what I do could contribute that, you know, without it being too prescriptive. And then I think the other thing, too, is, is getting, you know, getting our heads around the importance of collaboration and partnership. You know, even with people that we wouldn't normally think of. I mean, look, look at you and I, you know, as, as sort of independent consultants, for example. You know, we're, we're not in competition with one another, but, you know, you've got those people who have a very competitive mindset. Oh, you know, I'm not going to be doing some, you know, doing this with another futurist because, you know, they're in competition. Well, that's that kind of zero-sum mentality, whereas, you know, that's the whole new um, topic around co-opetition where organizations, you know, really visionary leaders and saying, look, we cannot deal with this dilemma. We cannot handle this dilemma by ourselves. We are now going to need to reach out industry-wide to people who normally would be seen as our competitors. But because the dilemma is bigger than any one of us and, and you know, what we're doing in our business, and it's going to benefit the industry and, my goodness, maybe the world, then we need to start collaborating and, and partnering in different ways. So I think, you know, again, it all goes back to that, that attitude, that perspective of, you know, the old playbook doesn't work anymore. We have to be much more comfortable with chaos and complexity and, you know, and, and find people that can help us meet the unexpected and work through uh, those challenges. Well, I knew you and I thought a lot about, and I know you haven't seen this article, but um, I just, uh, I can't remember where it, it's going to be published, but uh, for anyone who goes to blog or LinkedIn, you'll, you'll probably see this pop up. But my mm -hmm. title was uh, Rest in Peace Status Quo, uh, yeah. You Need to Rewrite Your Business Playbook. <laughs> so we, we, haven't even, we haven't even talked a, a, about that yet. There's a number of, uh, there's so many things that we talked about, and I'm, and I'm just looking at the time here. We've got about five minutes um, right. to try to wrap this up. Um, but I, you know, I recently wrote an article about six uh, kind of essential skills that, you know, people need, and you hit on most of them. I'm, and certainly you need to be curious and, um, you know, collaboration and be creative. Um, but Jeff... Um, Jeff Hoffman, who is a co-founder of Priceline and uh, kind of a serial entrepreneur, hugely successful. I had the opportunity to, to hear him and meet him just a few months ago at an event, and he shared his secret, and you, you just touched on it. And it, he calls it info sponging. Every morning what he does is in the morning he gets up, and for maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes, he reads something from whether it's in a book or, you know, listens to a, a, the news or, or something that has nothing to do with anything that he's working on. And, and yeah. you know, our habits are usually to, you know, read something that's related to something that we're, we're doing or something that interests us. And he, he really searches for things uh, in his email that have nothing to do 
with uh, something immediate. And he always finds some nugget, and those nuggets he pieces together. Uh, and eventually, you get a picture, and one of those things was how he developed Priceline. Uh, but I think some of the other fascinating uh, uh, solutions or innovations, uh, which, which really are, are good traits for leadership, was that the drive that there was a, um, a fast food um, uh, business, um, now this is probably about 30 or 40 years ago, fast food business that was really struggling with uh, getting people through fast enough and because, and they also didn't have enough parking. So he, he basically looked outside the industry and drove by a bank and saw the drive-through and envisioned that that was one of the solutions, especially when you didn't have enough parking to, um, to get, you know, to get in. Um, and so the fast food drive-through, which you know now is everywhere, and and many times the only way people ever get their food, um, you know, came from the banking industry. Um, mm -hmm. But you know the other examples are, you know, Uber uh, didn't come from the taxi industry, and uh, Airbnb didn't come from. Um, the hotel industry and iTunes didn't come from the music industry. In fact, all okay. those industries basically refuted that. So I, I think what you touched on was that curiosity and collaboration, um, but also reaching outside your, uh, you know, your own network, uh, seeing what's happening elsewhere and being able to bring that back in is going to be a real key for leadership. Um, so we're, what what are some I mean what are I guess some words of wisdom that you would um, you know because I know you talk to lots of people and lots of companies um, you know what's what's your kind of golden nugget that you can impart before we got to end what we predicted would be our future that the time would go incredibly fast when you and we want to be able to cover all the topics. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Well, I love what you just said about the Priceline guy, because I mean, that's the essence of creativity, isn't it? It's innovations at the intersection of all of these different things. But, you know, when you ask for a nugget, I think what I would like to see my desired future is a greater appreciation that we all have a contribution to make, that it's no longer this great man theory, this single hero. It, you know, I know we love the concept of, you know, that the one person saving the world, it's usually Bruce Willis or, you know, or <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland. Um, but, we, you know, we have to we have to move aside from that. And I would also like to see, you know, people talk about the future of work. To be honest with you, I'd like us to again get rid of that that you know, that concept of work because it just sounds so hard, doesn't it? And and to talk more about contribution. So I think one of the greatest things that leaders can do as they're you know, inspiring us to, to reach a desired future um, that we wouldn't get to by ourselves is to help to articulate how all of us have a contribution to make at whatever level in an organization. And if leaders can inspire every single person to really believe that and give them the resources in which they can make a meaningful contribution, then I really do think we would see not only um, a trust in our institutions in increasing, but also a boost in employee engagement levels. Liz, we barely, barely, I can't even say we did justice to scratching the surface on this topic. Um, so many people may have uh, some other questions and want to reach out. What's the best way to get in touch with you? 
Yes, well, you can find me on, on LinkedIn on, under Dr. Liz Alexander, um, on Twitter at Dr. Liz Alexander, and they're very, very welcome to uh, email me as well. It's uh, Dr. Liz, D-R-L-I-Z, at leadingthought.us.com. Don't forget the .us in the middle. Dr. Liz at leadingthought.us.com. I love a good conversation, and this has been an exceptional one. Ira, thank you so much for inviting me. And, and thank you for taking some time out. I'm sure we'll do this again and have many other discussions offline and online as well. And for all those who are listening to this, I appreciate you joining in on another Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization where we talk about how the wired, the tired, and technology are converging and changing our world. Till next time, have a wonderful day.